All right. And welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This series is called What Would You Do? And this is where we discuss, um, I never remember what we discuss, Rachel. Case violations. Right, right. Violations of the of the code of ethics and professional standards cases. It's probably because I think it's so dumb and needs to be revised. <laughs> so I just like it and anyway. <laughs> and that's why I'm here to keep you in line. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we have Rachel Real with us today from Rachel Real Real Estate in Chicago. Well, hey Rachel. Hi Jen. How are you? Good. What are we uh what what code are we discussing today? So today we're going to talk about one that we haven't really touched on, I don't think, as of yet. So this is an interesting one. This will be discussing interfering in a buyer agency agreement. So we all know that as agents, what's that? Assuming that agents get them. Right. This is assuming that obviously agents have them. Now, you know, take into consideration the fact that once you start performing duties for a buyer client, you have an agency relationship, whether or not you put it in writing. So once you start acting, performing activities that rise to the level of agency, you're now in an agency agreement with that client, regardless of whether or not you put it in writing. State license law in Illinois requires that it's in writing also. Um, but you know, I would say there's still a vast majority of agents that don't get these things signed until they're signing a contract. Right. And they have to have it as part of their file. Okay. So today we're going to talk about Article 16, and Article 16 says, Realtors shall not engage in any practice or take any action inconsistent with exclusive representation or exclusive brokerage relationship agreements that other realtors have with clients. Okay. So essentially, it's you have lines, a just like listing. It, right, exactly, except for on the buy side. So if you have a buyer agency agreement with a client, I can't insert myself into that relationship. So we'll focus a little bit more specifically on standard of practice 16-9, which says realtors prior to entering into a representation agreement have an affirmative obligation to make reasonable efforts to determine whether a prospect is subject to a current valid exclusive agreement to provide the same type of real estate service. (laughs) I feel like I know where this is headed. Do you know where this is headed? Right. And you have an affirmative, affirmative obligation. So let's talk about what that means. An affirmative obligation means that it is on you as the agent to ask the right questions of a prospective buyer client to know whether or not they are in a buyer agency agreement. We all know that buyers and and the general public don't necessarily understand how this process works and what's required of agents that are going into, you know, a relationship with a client. That's because license law is what code of ethics is. Yeah, but they're not doing a buyer consultation and signing a buyer agreement. If we did that exactly the group, there would be less confusion. 110%. I absolutely agree. So we've got a bit of a scenario here. Now, this one okay. did not go to a hearing. However, this is a scenario that is a real life scenario. Then we can kind of discuss what you think, you know, what you think the, the correct, you know, method of, of handling this would have been. Okay. So consider this. Agent A has an exclusive buyer agency agreement with buyer B. Agent A has shown several homes to buyer B who goes under contract on a home. After inspection, the buyer cancels that contract due to inspection findings. Agent A continues looking for homes for buyer B. The same evening, buyer B meets agent X at a social gathering held by a mutual friend. Agent X tells agent X and buyer B converse where buyer B tells agent X he's in the market for a home. 
Agent X tells Buyer B about a property in the neighborhood she thinks Buyer B would like and offers to show it to Buyer B. Buyer B agrees and Agent X shows the property to Buyer B who writes an offer on, on the property that night and ultimately goes under, under contract. Okay. When Agent A reaches out to Buyer B with some new listings she feels might be of interest to Buyer B, he proceeds to advise Agent A he's now under contract for a property priced well above the budget Buyer B set for Agent A with Agent X. Hmm. Okay. So do we follow? Do we follow what's going on there? Yeah. So they um, they're putting on. Say it again. So Agent A mm-hmm. is representing Buyer B. Right. Go on. They go under contract for a property. That right. property has an inspection. It happens to fall through because of the findings of the inspection. Right. Very shortly thereafter, Buyer B is at a social gathering with another agent mm-hmm. who says, hey, I think there's this property. You know, once they kind of find out that that buyer's in the market for a property, have a conversation and say, hey, there's this really nice home down the street. Do you want to go take a look at it? Mm-hmm. Buyer B says, sure, why not? Let's go. Mm-hmm. Buyer B looks at the property. Agent X writes a, an offer for that property and they subsequently go under contract. Okay. So that's where... <laughs> that's the scenario that we're going to discuss here. So we're going to consider what is Agent A's recourse okay. and what could Agent X have done better to handle the situation. All right. Well, let's so, take a quick well, short Let's break. think about that. Yeah. Yeah, think about that while we take a short break. Perfect. So I want to um, also remind people, if you want to read this, it can be found in the vault. So you would go to jennifermertland.com slash vault. And there's a folder for all the what would you do episodes and it's in there. Okay. So, and then two of our partners that I want to tell you about. The first one is uh, my coach, Coach John Kitchens. He's the best coach. So if you are a type of person that's like looking for accountability, want to streamline some of your processes so that you can grow either as an independent agent, maybe grow a team, I would encourage you to do a quick 30-minute consult with him. And it is actually free. So you would go to callcoachkitchens.com and then enter in Fight Club to get that free. And then the second one is realsupportsolutions.com. So what they are is they help with administrative work. They actually do trainings. If you have like a, a brokerage, they can do different trainings. Or if you have a team of people, they can do transaction coordination. So if you go to realsupportsolutions.com and our Fight Club, then you'll get $100 off either your first transaction or you'll get three free hours of training. Cool. Excellent. I know they're the best. All right. So here's, here's how I see also things happen. Okay. Agent is holding an open house. Mm -hmm. People come to the open house and agents will, will say like, are you working with an agent? And the buyers will be, or the potential buyers be like, yes. Right. I think that there's questions that you can ask. I think like in this meeting that they had or not, they didn't have a meeting, but in meeting, like at the social event, I think as an agent, step one, you have got to please, please, please schedule a buyer consult. Yes. 110%. Every time, hundred percent of the time. Right. Because if you were ever to go to a hearing or an arbitration over commission dispute in a situation like this, the fact that your your process for every single client involves a buyer consultation where you discuss these things is going to be huge. Exactly. And so assuming that assuming that agent A has had a consultation with buyer B and that they have 
discuss this buyer agency agreement. Obviously, they have an exclusive buyer agency agreement in writing. What do you feel? Do, do you feel that Agent A has any recourse here? I, they, oh, they do have an agreement in writing? The, their Agent A has an exclusive buyer agency agreement with buyer B. Well, then, yeah. I mean, then they do. I, I mean, even if like, so I guess like where I was going with it before, like I wouldn't advise being like, oh, are you working with an agent? Because an automatic no, response is going to be yes, but like, well, and it's, and it's a yes or no question. Yeah. So I think when you're talking about an affirmative obligation to, to discover whether or not a client has an existing relationship, there are better questions to ask as in, have you seen any homes? Yeah. What homes okay, great. What homes right. have you seen? Did you see them on an open house? I mean, we kind of have to use a little bit of an investigative technique here yes. for lack of a better word, because the clients, the, the prospective buyers coming through the open house or at a party or whatever it might be, right. don't understand the reasoning behind us asking those questions and that we can find ourselves in a really crummy situation right. and it's just in a disagreement with another agent over commission when we really don't want to make the client the part of that conversation. Right, right, right. And sometimes it's, you know, even if you did everything right, they still don't understand, but like, absolutely. And yeah. I think this was a scenario like that, but let's say though, they didn't have a buyer agreement. I mean, according to the rule that you read, the yes. actions kind of denoted agency, but what if, right, yes. what if Z got a buyer agency agreement, then I think he'd be okay. Not necessarily because there are that buyer currently at the time of that social event is tied to that listing or to that agent with an exclusive buyer representation agreement, which means he cannot enter into another buyer agency agreement with anyone else. Right. So assuming he didn't, he may be able to get a buyer agency agreement. However, buyer agency agreements don't always equate to a commission being paid. So the buyer can choose to work with whoever they want. However, there still could be a case for arbitration when it comes to the commission being paid on this. Okay. So the standard of practice said prior to entering into representation agreement, have an affirmative obligation to make reasonable efforts to determine whether the prospect is subject to a current valid exclusive agreement to provide the same type of real estate. I mean, I see it both sides. I'm going to go with, I think like, I know this isn't a case, so we don't have like, uh, the ending necessarily? We do. We do have the ending. Oh, what is it? It is. So do you want to know what the ending is? I do. And then I want to find well, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about what could agent X have done better to handle the situation. I think one, they could have asked more questions because I think if your goal in any communication with a potential client is to set an appointment, you have to ask more questions to see if that appointment makes sense. Right, right. You do have to ask more questions. Absolutely. Do you think that if that agent had asked more questions, do you think that could have potentially resulted in a, in a phone call to the other agent saying, hey, yeah. I'm at a, I'm at an event with this particular buyer. I understand you guys were looking for properties. I know it this house. May... Yeah. R right, right. Absolutely. So, and I think that's it, it, the community, what we talk about every time communication is key. I mean, you yeah. have to communicate these things and you have to, as an agent, understand that if someone is telling you they are in a, in a 
process of buying a house. And I suspect that the rest of this conversation at the social gathering probably result, revolved around the fact that a house was under contract. Mm-hmm. The contract had fallen through. Now I'm back looking again. It's usually right. not, yeah, I'm looking for a house. You want to go look at one. Right. You know, there's usually right. a little bit more, more involved than that. Right. So in that case, the, the affirmative obligation that that agent had to discover whether or not this client was in a but an usually how it does happen, right. So what it does happen is say that, yeah, this house fall through, fell through. I don't really, you know, I don't really like working with this agent. I don't want to work with them anymore. Do you have anything? Very possibly. Then that agent, then follow up questions. That would be, are you, do you have a, do you have a written agreement with that particular right. agent? Yes, I do. No, I don't. Right. Then, you know, depending on what that answer is, it goes down. There's further questions that you ask. So then let's say they're like, no, I don't have a written agreement. Then what? If you don't have a written agreement, if if I'm putting myself in the shoes of of Agent X and I meet someone in 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 a social gathering in this particular situation, and this is the conversation. Great. Who were you working with? Right. Oh, okay. Great then maybe I excuse myself to go to the restroom and then sneak out and make a phone call and say, Hey, you know what? I'm at a, I'm at an event. I met, I met your client. So-and-so they, you know, kind of have a conversation and say, Hey, you know, know. they've they've asked me to to jump in here. I'm a little uncomfortable with that. Right. How do you feel about it? If the agent says, Hey, you know what? I'm done with this guy. Forget about it. It's, It's a hot mess. You have at it. Then, Hey, I, you know, then I'd be more than willing to extend an offer in the form of a referral. Yeah. But what if like, okay, let's say I can see that if you know the agent, if you don't know the agent or you do know the agent, but they're a scumbag, right. Then it's like, (laughs) okay. I always ask like, okay, does that other agent know that you're no longer working with them? Like, how do they know? Did you have the conversation? Yeah. Right. Because again, the general public does not understand why we're asking these questions and doesn't understand how license law works. And that's understandable. Right. Right. But they also need to understand that I look at everything and go, if I didn't ask these questions, would I find myself in an arbitration six months from now? Exactly. And you could say that, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble and I want to help you, but like, there's some steps that we have to take, especially like if I don't know the agent or I don't like them because they're douches. You know, <laughs> sadly, the, the, the same, the same rules probably apply whether or not they're a douchey agent or not. <laughs> I mean, Just that's saying. true, but my process <laughs> is different. Right. So like, if I met somebody, yeah, like if I met somebody at a party and they're like saying all these things and they tell me it's like you, then I'll call you and be like, yo. And then I'll probably think, I don't want to work with this person either. If they're making <laughs> Rachel's great, <laughs> Rachel crazy. Well, and here's the thing, there might be, that might lead to more conversation about what happened with that first property. How long right. ago did you cancel it? Five minutes ago? Okay. Well, then we have another conversation to have. Here. Right. Right. You or know, was there, it, there's yeah. more to this. Was it, there's always more sides ago. to the story. Yeah. Was right. it three weeks ago? Have you seen anything else? And are your actions right. in line with what you're telling me that you're no longer working with them? Right. Yeah. I agree with you. Ask more questions right. to find out just, what the real answer is. Because if this were to go to an ethics hearing, did you make reasonable efforts? And you have an affirmative obligation to make reasonable efforts. Yes or no? No, they didn't. And I'm going to say they made no reasonable effort to discern whether or not that buyer was in in an exclusive representation agreement with another agent. Boo. And then what happens? So you're in violation of this. Probably not your first time. First time you got caught. Definitely, Definitely not the first time. What happens? 
confirmed not the first time. Uh, what happened was Agent A reached out to Agent X once this was discovered and had a, a frank conversation and said, this is not acceptable. Uh, how would you like to handle it? Yeah. So we can either we can either go to arbitration where it's all or nothing, or you can we can work it out between the two of us and 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 call it a day that way. Well, and I think too, if if this does happen, right, and you've asked all the questions, and let's say you're under contract now with the new buyer, right, or you're under contract with the buyer and the new realtor, and the other realtor comes back within a couple of days, then you know that they are in active communication with this buyer. They come back after it's closed. And it's been 30, 40, 60 days, they're not in active communication. Right. No. And in this particular situation, the amount of time between the canceled contract on the house where the inspection fell apart and the time that an offer was made on the subsequent property was five minutes. <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> Okay. I'm not, I'm not and so then agent A <laughs> found out that the buyer was using a different realtor within 10 minutes. Uh, right, yes. Within, within a very short period of time. Yes. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. Here's the thing. People, like we just said, like people say buyers and sellers say a lot of things. They and say so, a lot of things because they don't realize the repercussions of what the answers are. Correct. I mean, and I think I put myself in those same shoes. Well, and I mean, they don't they care about you. They just want what no, they want. They want what they want. So that's that's the only end game for a buyer is I want this house. Right. I don't exactly. care how I have to get it. I don't care who I have to screw to get it in most cases. Right. Um, you know, and, and there's very little loyalty. What's y'all doing over there in Chicago? Right. I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And they just, they, yeah, they don't know. So Get right. the agreements signed so you have a leg to stand on because if it has right. not happened to you yet, where an where oh, your it's client going uses another agent, it absolutely will. Right. And it'll be absolutely. you've shown them 20 houses and it'll be so annoying. Absolutely. And well, again, Rachel, you know what? You also have to look at the the uh, reputation that you have in the industry in your marketplace too. So right. if you're in a situation like this. The best thing to do is to reach out and have those conversations and not not end up with the reputation of, well, this person just goes around taking other people's clients because right. they find a way to sneak themselves in there. Exactly. Without 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 that making that affirmative effort to ask the right questions and, and discover right. whether or not they're they are in a buyer agency agreement. Well, that's like good standard salesmanship. Well, right. I mean, there's enough houses to go around, let's be honest, and there's enough right. people to go around. Exactly. I mean, let's let's be professional about it. Right. Well, if people have a referral for you in Chicago, what is the best way to get audio? Best way to reach me is on my cell phone at 630-542-8688, and you can call or text anytime. This was a good case. Thanks for bringing yes. it. It happens too many times. It happens way too many times. <laughs> All right, Rachel, have a good one. <laughs> You too. Thanks, John. Yeah.